Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Infused with Light. Today we're going to discuss a very big topic of quantum healing. And to do that, once again, I'm joined by Joe from Awakening to the Light Within, who is a multifaceted practitioner, but her forte really is all things to do with the brain. And she is a BQH, which is a beyond quantum healing practitioner. And she is the first person I encountered who did this healing modality. So welcome again, Joe. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Always a pleasure. So I guess I wanted to maybe start off with um, a definition of what, if we can, of what quantum healing is. And I've been sort of researching around and everything's really vague. And I know that you have some thoughts on this, that a lot of people like to quote Deepak Chopra, I can never pronounce his name correctly, as one of the first Mm -hmm. people who coined the phrase, he had a book in, I think, 1989 um, about quantum But what do you think about that, Joe? Oh, so when you say that, you know, you've done research around it, I will often get people that will um, be interested in a BQH session. And the, the, you know, my my first go to is, do you understand much about what BQH session entails or or what it is? Um, And like you say, I think the information out there is quite limited. I know that there on YouTube, there's lots of practitioners that will actually share um, examples of sessions or recordings or they'll read back um, so that there's confidentiality in relation to sessions. I think the reason that it can be quite vague is if we think of quantum, um, you know, quantum in its essence is that everything is everything there is no limitations um we live on the world the world is part of our universe and when you go into quantum it's all universes all timelines anything and everything that ever has or will be is in existence so when you're kind of looking at that in the essence of how a session may look one thing that I will always say to any client is that Um, anything and everything is a potentiality within a session. And I have no clue what that's going to be until we're in there because it is the client's experience. It's not something that's um, driven or, or taken by me. If that, if that makes any sense. (laughs) No, definitely. And I think hopefully this, this whole podcast is just to kind of really explore it because when I first came across it I had no idea about it I didn't really even know much about quantum physics it was kind of one of those oh it's a little bit out there a little bit hocus pocus to me so I I really hope that we can kind of shed some light on it but how did you how did you even get into quantum healing like how did you discover it what drew you into it so I am an avid Dolores Cannon fan and um, Dolores, anybody that's not aware of her books, um, if you are ready to have your your awareness expanded or you wish to look at um, different perceptions and views of, of the world and the reality that we face, um, I would highly recommend reading her books. She was uh, way, way, way back in the early 80s doing um, hypnotic work. And uh, some practitioners were working a little bit with regression. And what she started to find was that clients were going to in-between spaces, energetic spaces. They were having interactions with um, extraterrestrial interactions, uh, missing time, 
a lot of other things like that and certain amounts of true. Now, when we consider point in time, the World Wide Web wasn't, you know, massively accessible, etc. I can't even remember when when the internet came in, but it wasn't when she first started doing this. And she would travel across the world. She would hold um, hold speeches and conferences and things like that around the different things that she was discovering. And she'd see clients in varying different points all around the world that didn't have any interaction or communication with each other. And they would be coming up with very, very similar things in relation to their experiences um, when they were going into a QHHT session with her. So she brought she uh, out quantum hypnotic healing therapy. And people's experiences in this were not only able to answer a lot of things around the human condition, what humans were dealing with, personal things, galactic intervention, works, etc., etc. But she was also um, getting information about things that were coming in the future, you know, things that were being worked towards and um, ancient times like Lemuria and Atlantis and it, the, 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 the level of information that came through her work was exceptional. And BQH was derived from QHHT, uh, obviously beyond quantum healing, kind of goes into the, I think, Dolores was very um, investigative and QHHT, um, sorry, BQH for me personally is around, for me, the vast openness of doing anything and everything within the, the space of the session that you can for your client. Um, and it was able to be done more remotely, et cetera, et cetera. So when I got the opportunity to become a BQH practitioner, I leapt at it. I, I just kind mm-hmm. of felt a massive pull to it because I, I love the the concept of there being more than just our physical embodiment and yeah (laughs) yeah no that's it's awesome I I will have to say like Joe as I mentioned before was my very first experience and introduction to this world of quantum healing and I have to say it was the most mind-blowing experience we'll get into that a little bit later about um (laughs) you know (laughs) a little bit I'm happy to share a bit of my session um so that we don't, you know, break anyone else's like client privilege. But uh, so why, so then why would, well, why should someone have a BQH session? Like what, why would someone come to you? Like under what circumstances do you think they'd be like, oh, you should really have a BQH session? For me, I was directed by another practitioner and a very close friend. I was going through very heavy, heavy mental um, processes, um, a lot of it was tangled up with divine counterpart. A lot of it was to do around grief of parents. And I was in a very, very, possibly a dark night of the soul. And it really, I think it's fair to say from having a session with you, it completely shifted, shifted my life, didn't it? I did a complete 180, I think, after that, mm-hmm. that session from having the experience. And I'll go into that a little bit later, but why else should someone, like what, what can they benefit from a, a session I think that the common denominator with people that I work with is um, the the way that the QHH. Um, why do I see? I, I keep I keep promoting QHHT, and I'm a BQH practitioner. What's that about? Why does that keep going out of my mouth? 
too many letters involved. Uh, absolutely. Um, so the the way that the structure of the BQH session is that clients that come to me will be at a kind. The word that keeps coming to me is at an impasse. You know, they're mm, they're. Yeah people that have either had experiences that they can't understand or they've done a certain amount of work and healing and they're you know they're they're kind of wanting a different understanding of things that's happened or how to move forward past certain things and the 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 basis of it is that when you when we move beyond the um structure of the mind the thinking process the subconscious knows everything there is nothing that the subconscious doesn't know. So whether people think of their subconscious as uh, something that's slightly separate to their brain or they consider their subconsciousness to be their highest self, their, their eternal energy of everything that has been and everything that is to be, in that space there are answers. And those answers come from where the client's experience and that experience can be meeting a soul or galactic family cosmic family it can be from the angelic realms it can be from you know past life experiences whereby something that needed to be removed or healed or or shifted but actually also in this life things that have happened um can be perceived in a different way. And I, I want to point out that BQH practitioners do not tell you what your situation is. We don't tell you your answers. What we do is while, while the client is in that space, we explore their surroundings for them to gain their answers. And I think that that's probably one of the most empowering things that we can have is to listen to a recording back or to experience that situation and know that those answers were there. They just were beyond the uh, cognitive thinking that mm, we have limited. in our awakened state. Yeah, definitely. I, I think we should then sort of move into like what they can expect. And I am a, I, at the time, and I still am, I am a very big overthinker. And I was like, oh, how am I ever going to slow my brain down to do it? And I had so many questions and you kind of break your session up into sort of two parts before you actually go into the, the BQH itself. You kind of do like a series of questions and things, don't you? That's kind of how. Yeah. Yeah. And so what is the purpose of that? Like how, tell us a little bit about how that operates and why. You so the that. purpose is um, it's twofold really, because uh, as, as you've said with yourself, I think that um, people, we can put too much pressure on ourselves. You know, when, when we're going into something whereby we might gain answers, we can put pressure on ourselves. Can we do this? Am I able, am, am I going to be able to, and again, it's the cognitive processing. So the step one is very much about um connecting with the client, connecting with the client, hearing their story, listening to where they're at, where their questions come from, has there been trauma? Because as a practitioner, you don't want to go into something with your eyes closed and you're not aware of some things that may potentially come up that may um, upset somebody or trigger some kind of anything that's going on within that space. So, um, I mean, I think that works twofold in relation to allowing the client the exploration space and, and being able to connect with you as a practitioner and feel, feel trusting of the space that you're going to be going into. But as yep. a practitioner, 
for me, and I'm, I'm, I can only speak for myself, I've always been very intuitive and I can energetically connect with people. In that first space of hearing their story, hearing where they're at, what was their purpose for coming? I'm able to get a felt sense of, of them, which means that I'm more prepared for how their session may go. Obviously, you never know where it's going to go. And there's an openness and, um, and a beauty of never knowing <laughs> where you're going to go. That's right. I've had clients where I thought, oh, I think this is going to go this way. And it's gone somewhere completely different. Um, but also... I always make sure that in that space, any client is fully aware that any expectation that they may have is purely coming from their from their cognitive function. Because ultimately, your team, your subconscious, however you wish to look at it, will give you the information that's going to serve you most at that moment in time. They're not going to bombard you with things that are going to be overwhelming and, you know, oh, I really didn't want to know that part. It's very, very acute to what is right for that individual because it is their experience. Yeah, and gosh, I want an experience. Like if you are thinking about it and you're on the verge, I can't recommend them more. And if if you want to do more research, like definitely hop on and check out Alison Co and look at YouTube and mm-hmm. have a look at Joe's stuff because you know, I, I, I kind of went into it completely blind. I didn't do any of that research. And maybe in a way that was also good, but I just want everyone to know that it, it really is a phenomenal experience. And I wanted to talk about some of the benefits um of BQH. And I, I guess I can only speak personally, but for me it was very educational. Like it put a lot of um, pieces of the puzzle together for me. So if you are sort of on an ascension journey and there's, you know, we're, we're sort of on that path to remembrance, I was really stuck. And I, like you said, in, at an impasse, I was very lost and I just kind of was in this really weird stalemate zone. And this really helped me in a massive leap get, get to that next stage. So I found it very educational, incredibly healing and I had this huge sense of connectedness because I felt so lonely on earth. Um, and it brought back this huge sense of like being connected to my other family and my soul and galactic planet. And even when I'm having a down day now, I think back to my session and I reflect or I go back and listen to it. And all I have to do is think about the the beings that I connected with during our sessions, Joe, and it really has shifted my life profoundly because now I don't feel alone and I have got that sense that there is more and without BQH I don't think I would have had that so that's was huge shifts for me when I did it yeah and I think um healing and releasing and connecting um something that I always personally do within my own practice is when there are connections that are made in relation to important energies that we're connecting with in that space. Um, I always try to work within the session of how best to ensure that the client will be able to um, engage in those connections in a wakened state, because if the connections are coming in, that's, that's what's important. Um, You know, we always look towards every potential of healing what what is allowed to be done at this point what can be taken away at this point how is there something that needs moving past and if it's not able to be removed how best do we suggest the client actually works through this and and this is all information that I seek to gain however 
I will also say that, you know, I have had a couple of sessions wherein, um, and one of them was a really, really beautiful friend of mine, uh, wherein she had a lot of questions going in. She went in, her subconscious came in and started talking. And every single time I posed a question that my client had, the subconscious just said, she already knows the answer to this. She's 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 not wanting to do, you know, she's not wanting to do whatever it requires. And I'd say, okay, well, do we have more information on that? No. Well, can we get any healing around that? No, because she's already in the process of doing it. And when we came out and I just thought, <laughs> Bit frustrating. wow, her subconscious was just like, no, we are not assisting her at this time because she knows her answers and she knows what she needs to do. So this is where when I say it's this isn't something that the the practitioner controls this is something that we facilitate to get the best outcome for our client however if the subconscious decides that this is not what's best for the client right now that is what the, <laughs> the subconscious is going to give and um when i actually I, I i went to play on the dictaphone back to my friend and she she listened and she said that wasn't me talking i can't listen to it so <laughs> and even now she'll laugh and she'll say oh i'm struggling with this but of course i am because my subconscious wants me to do it the hard way <laughs> and it's a standing oh, joke wow. now but you really are working with the understanding right for that client is what is going to present and th this isn't a um a space whereby a practitioner can dictate what is okay for that no. client it is completely client-led and I think that's one of the beautiful things I love about it is that oh, I go it's... in informed but kind of blind about what the process is going to be yeah and it's there's no influence you know like in a lot of other psychiatry and brain realms there is a level of projection or like following a formula and this is like you said it's completely up to the individual and that's what's yes. so magical about it like you said it really I, is I had um well I I will share that when I have my BQH sessions with Joe I my team just let me go off and play I've got these um there's a very beautiful part of like my home planet that I like to play in I've got these beings that I super connected with and they just let me go and have this amazing reconnection lightness joy time and I can just go off and play and they're doing all the serious talking to jokes which I find yeah. hilarious <laughs> yeah hilarious. I love your sessions Jen I'm glad you've said that because I think um Jen is one of these people that she works with so many galactic um beings and when when we do sessions, as you say, you get to go off and just have fun on your home planet. Um, oh, and I'll end up talking, potentially I'll end up talking to some galactic council who will allow me to ask all your questions and allow us to gain whatever we can and whatever information and whatever healing. And then they're just going to sit and talk at me and give me a whole load of information that they want us to know. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, thank you very much for this. Um, I feel fact, so privileged, but, but for me, it's such a privilege that, that, you know, those encounters are able to happen. And I think the other thing to talk about too, is that from your perspective, I guess, as a pr practitioner is like, there is information that comes through in, to assist yeah. the planet. And, and I think yeah. that is a, a beautiful place to be in. So do you want to maybe talk a little bit about that and maybe what you do with that information or duty of care with that? Like, what do you do with all that? Um, I think you, uh, from my experiences, and I'm always very aware that I can only speak from my own experiences in this because I'm, I'm 
everything's energy and every practitioner is you know own energy embodiment um before, you know connect with a client i tend to find that a lot of the people that connect with me um invariably end up having quite galactic experiences however then having gone into my um my energy body this doesn't surprise me because i think that's uh, an energy that i hold myself so mm. because of this i get a lot of information when i'm working with clients um irrespective i don't go in seeking it i often just get told it and i think for me personally the discernment within that is you get client information which is very much for them and then you'll get other information and I will often ask is this collective information is this something that can be shared and a lot of the time the information that comes through is primarily for light workers so I feel very fortunate in the sense that I work with a group of beautiful light workers that do so many different modalities and and they are all such um, high integrity um, and you know it will be information around um, at variant points do these kind of things work with these energies um, work towards this this is the big one here but we don't want this shared right now and things and I it's just an absolute privilege for me to um, be able to feel like I'm serving in some way to a higher um, a higher point I guess to a higher not saying I'm higher but just to obviously we've got things that are going on within the human and then there's things that's going on within the planet and and if there's any way in which I could assist as far as energy is concerned planetary wise that feels a, priv a privilege to me yeah it's it's uh, it would be fascinating to be on the other end of it because you do get that wealth of information maybe you could write a book joe oh, <laughs> gosh. <all> the <laughs> just to add to your already very busy busy schedule um something i did <laughs> did want to ask you is a couple of people um when I've spoken about, you know, or recommended a BQH, a lot of people seem to kind of get the lines blurred a little bit about past life regression and BQH. Yeah. Now, are they are they two very separate things or does BQH yes touch no. on that? Yes okay. and no. Um, so a past, so somebody that is a practitioner in past life regression would say that you're going there and you're going to have a past life regression. And as you are taking into that space, you are looking towards going into a past life. With BQH, I have lots of clients that go to previous lives. So yes, past life regression can be a part of a BQH experience. Um, you know, we're able to see forward, we're able to see backwards. I've had people that have gone back to Lemuria. I've had people that have had past life experiences whereby actually they've encountered an energy that's prevalent in their life now and they're able to see the dynamic and what the chain or the bind is or what the thing that's actually in this life, where that where that actually came so that they're able to release it in a different space. A, an element of past life regression that can age, but obviously we are not looking for a past life regression. We are opening that experience that the client will go to where the client needs to go and that is not directed in any way, shape or form. Yeah, I just I just wanted to bring that up because I feel like, again, like we've stressed it, there's 
the like when you go in there you just don't know what's going to happen and so I think there can be a little bit of a trap if you go in there with that specific intention I don't know how that would do you think that would impede that like if like I know that you have a series of questions when we do it but I think for me if I went in there with a very specific outcome I don't know what that would do cognitively whether it would kind of hijack my experience <laughs> or my session I think potentially um, that's a really difficult thing to answer because if we consider that everybody's experiential, everybody's experience is based on their perception and every single person's perception varies dependent on what their previous experiences are. So for somebody that may well have an outcome that they wish to find, that we could say that in one person, actually, that would um, halt the the process of being in the flow of the session and going where they're supposed to go. But on the other hand, if this was an intuitive-based feeling of I've been trying to work past something, as soon as I connect with a client, as many practitioners will say, you kind of start to, you, you're, you're already, you, the team, are they're, they're ready. Any yeah. teams that we're working with, that we're consciously or subconsciously aware of, already in that space so it may well be hello welcome back to part two where in very real time this is when weird galactic things happen to me where my phone just literally <laughs> glitched out and went green and thought oh, I don't know whether we want to talk about quantum healing but we're back and I'm going to try and patch the audio <laughs> the audio up <laughs> Oh, <laughs> don't we just love how all of our uh, technology is affected when we start talking about certain higher energies and things? <laughs> it's like my phone just couldn't handle the two galactic brains discussing quantum light and quantum physics. Like, what? <laughs> it, it's like sensor, it, sensor <laughs> imploding. But this will now test my technological skills as to whether I can edit audio. So, you know, I need to learn new skills. So, thank you team for teaching me how to do tech things that I don't know how to do so I can't even remember Absolutely. where we're up to because I was at the point just... um, I think no you were, we were saying about if people have an outcome um in their mind I, and I was I was chatting away and then looked and thought oh that looks different on my screen I think we've been <laughs> we've been cut off um but yeah it's uh, very much along the lines of once that once an appointment you know once a session is booked the teams and the energies that are going to be working within those sessions are already tuned in so if, if that's more of an intuitive based I've got a feeling that I'm going to go there probably the client is going to be right I mean I know that I receive um, certain amounts of information when a session's booked however as I say that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to look it's just kind of almost a uh, yeah an intuitive feeling but if the mind and this is the big difference if the mind is adamant that actually this is my situation this is my story and this is how it is then I think yeah that can halt somebody's process of receiving the relevant information if that doesn't tally with what the mind wants to hear then we already know as as human beings we are phenomenal at blocking um experiences oh, yeah. or blocking information or blocking growth because the brain's going mm -mm, i don't want to know this yep resisting resisting yeah it's interesting what you said before about um that your teams are kind of already gathering and now when you have the bqh session with joe you know there's a bit of a, a lead-in process obviously to to get you into that 
that zone. My very first experience, like maybe like well into, like at the very start, I think before you'd even sort of taken me into that state, I had like this being like front and centre just like looking at me with like these bright red eyes who I now know is like a very important beloved being of me. <laughs> it, it, that's what I mean. Like they're ready. They're, they're oh, absolutely. ready and itching. It's yeah, to tell things and, and yeah. I, I think some of the you know I there's some clients that um, are rather galactic or do a lot of light work that you know I'll work with more than others because of the information that comes through as opposed to the the finding of information around themselves. Um, but there are some clients that literally <laughs> whoever they end up whoever to, ends up talking on their behalf, be it subconscious or an ascended master or you know a cosmic family or a soul or whatever kind of wherever information from so many times it will be we've been waiting for this or you know we we're, we're, we've been wanting we've been trying to give this information so I think a lot of the time teams that are involved there's a collective sigh of relief of oh thank yes. goodness <laughs> like oh she wasn't paying any attention to those signs or meditations or downloads and finally we can let that information come right to <laughs> right <laughs> Oh, bless them, my poor team, my poor little team. Um, so, <laughs> your team are great. Know, they are a dream. I apologise to them if they were responsible for that glitch before. I have something to say to them. Um, so, how long, rough? Like, so just so people can kind of gauge. So, how long is a session, and do they need to prepare or, or do anything else before they so, they commence? For me personally, I think meditate meditative practice <laughs> is um, <laughs> something that I prefer. I, um, if I if I contact a client and they don't necessarily have a meditative practice in place, or they're not in a space whereby they're able to still the mind, um, I. I don't want to say I'm apprehensive because I think that anybody can actually achieve anything. However, for me personally, the space of being able to be observant of one's thoughts, as in within meditative practice, um, works really well because if you're able to observe rather than question your thoughts, that's a really, really nice space to be in within a BQH session. Um, in relation to how long... Goodness gracious, this depends. Mm -hmm. I've had some people whereby the initial part, if this is somebody that I've not worked with before, could be an hour. Um, some people, it might be three hours. Because actually the way that I work, and this may well be different to other BQH practitioners, is that in those spaces, um, if I'm being told by my team, actually this is a blockage or this is a this, I'll explore that a little bit because if those things are kind of out of the way before the session, I feel that that's if, if I'm being told it by my team and I can explore this and we can potentially clear some of this before the session, I feel it's a more enriched experience for the client when they're in the session. Meeting. The session itself, um, again, I, I don't like to leave people, I don't like to have people in that space for over, I've always said an hour. Um, I can tell when people are uncomfortable or I can tell when they need to come out. However, there are some clients that actually within the experience, they may well be in that space for two hours and I will check in regularly with um, where they're at. Are they okay? 
you know, how much longer are we able to go on for, et cetera, et cetera. And it's also important to state that whatever the client's experiences are, whether they feel physical discomfort, emotional discomfort, or any of those kind of things, these can be alleviated within the se- within the session. Um, it, it, it doesn't need to be, if there's anything that feels unpleasant, this is something that can be addressed. And, and again, as a practitioner, it's my responsibility to ensure the client is comfortable. And if there's something setting or there's something that, you know, was quite difficult, this without the 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 uh the pain the associated emotional mental or physical pain that might actually be coming with it so um yeah there's a lot Jen it's a lot (laughs) I know that's why I want to do this because people want like this I kind of wish I had my done my own podcast like I wish I had a podcast to or something where I could have kind of asked all these questions so I I'm hoping that it will help people but just before you touched on um you can you can bring them out of the session can you explain what that really what that means and under what circumstances you can do that so obviously you just said that when you're working through um some sort of healing or some trauma or or some difficult situations, obviously, as a practitioner, you're gauging that. But what if something does start to escalate? It's, um, I think, for me personally, I have 100% trust in my team. And when you are working um, within the, you know, quantum realm, I facilitate it. My team actively involved with the other teams, and then you have Experience and their uh, subconscious and and how everybody you know the, the whole thing works collectively together in one space is the way that I view what what happens. Um, if, for instance, a client, I'm just going to use a, 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 a for instance here, has yep. a rel- current life um, which is entangled to a relationship in a previous life, and they're at a stagnant point or a heart, a painful point in their life at the moment. And, and this actually comes up within the session. If they're then seeing something whereby actually I can see, you know, I'm at, I'm at this space. I recognize this person's energy. This is who it is. Oh, actually now I'm watching that this person saved my life. I was, this was going to happen and they died instead of me. That can bring a lot of emotions forward the the remembrance of an event that somebody has been that somebody may have been important in uh, many lifetimes going through an unpleasant experience or passing it can bring an emotional memory back or it can bring forward the emotions that they're feeling now in relation to that person and what they did for them and it's more about being able to suggest to them and, and put them in that space whereby Yes, you're seeing this, and this is important information. But you are not, you are not experiencing. We're able mm. to observe this and take away the emotions. And I use breathing techniques a lot. If there's anything that's distressing or upsetting within a session for any client, I will use breathing techniques to be able to release that. That said, sometimes crying in a session can be a cathartic and and beautiful experience dependent on what it is that the client is experiencing. So I think there's a lot of discernment on the practitioner's part of what is actually quite, what, what, what is being felt and what needn't be felt, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. On the crying point, like I, um, 
cried with overwhelmment at the very first of my BQH. And then uh, <laughs> poor Joe has to really try and bring me back because, like I said, my team let me go off and play with my two favourite Oh, gosh, beings. bringing like, you back, you never want to come back. back. So, yeah. So That's the, what the I mean. So back. what about the people? <laughs> but I think, so people again. don't want to come back. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I mean, again, I'm very, very the session has been completed and there's no other information that wants to come through um you we've received all of the information that you wish to gauge from the session um it then becomes this thing and i i, I will use a you session as an example as you've said that yes. um whereby we have a conversation i will be talking to someone from a galactic federation when it's you and i will say okay you know, where, where is she at? Well, she's still off and she's doing this. And I'm like, okay, well, if we've got nothing more to say, I'm going to look towards bringing her back. And their words to me, nine times out of ten with you are, good luck. <laughs> However, <laughs> it's just a case of shifting my speech from yeah. talking to them to actively talking to you um, and lovingly saying, I know, I know you want to stay there. So, but however, it's time, it's time to come back now. Um, so, you know, say goodbyes. You know that when you come back, you're going to be able to seek these connections again. But you need to say goodbye now, and I'll give people time to say goodbye if they're it's making me cry now in I another space <laughs> before I'm... actually bringing them back into their physical awareness. So, yeah. And I'm very, I, very, I I'm very compassionate with it. You do get stroppy, oh, but I'm very compassionate with it because I understand the importance of the connections that you're making. So, yeah, absolutely. And I just really wanted to, I brought that up for a reason, Joe, because you are incredibly compassionate. I think that's so important when you're looking for a practitioner. This is the unknown. And like, who do you trust with the unknown? So, again, that discernment of, of a practitioner that really can facilitate that space. You know, I, I kind of regress to being a child when Joe has to bring me back. Like, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. And I, I bore my eyes out. Don't yeah. I? Like it's, it's crazy. So I'm just putting it out there that, you know, it's such a beautiful experience. That's the, the heartfelt um, emotion that I have. And sometimes I just want to have a BQH so that I can go and play with I know. <laughs> with I know. But also there's the team. business end of it. I mean, I know with our sessions, there's, there's the compassionate, beautiful side of the connectivity and, and you get to go off and do all of the wonderful things you do. And actually at the other end of it, when things have been going on in relation to your own gifts, you know, you let's not pretend that you're not a phenomenal practitioner, you are. And there's a lot of things that you encounter in your life whereby we need to talk to your team and fa and, and, and kind of thrash this out. So, <laughs> yeah. so no, yeah, there, there's also the other, the other side of that in relation to the, the loving holding of you, but also the, the business end of, okay, guys, you're her team. What is the deal with this? You know, how how does she overcome this to to do this? Where where has this part come from? And and they, and and sometimes, especially with your sessions, it is a negotiation process. Which is, which is always particularly interesting, but there you go. <laughs> but And I, I just wanted to highlight that too. Like I find BQH can be probably the best solution-based modality I've ever come across. Like I spent years in therapy and just didn't get anywhere than, as opposed to one BQH session. Like it, the, there are no limits. Like it really is just 
phenomenal what can be healed, achieved, taught, educated through the sessions. It's it really is such an amazing conscious exploration. I guess is how I would kind of phrase yeah. it. And and I think that's why I feel really, really um, I, I'm overjoyed to be a BQH practitioner because I'm very, you know, there, there is no ego in BQH. I, I facilitate your experience, but your experience is via your subconscious, you, you know, what you what you need in that moment. And it isn't directed by me. I obviously I'm there and I'm holding the space and I'm holding the energies and I'm working for you. But actually... I, I feel very privileged to be in that space and to be allowed to be in that space of, of your growth and information finding because I am merely facilitating it. And I think I always come back to that in the sense that I am always so respectful, so thankful to any information and any teams or any beings or any energies that wish to come and, and share in that space because they don't have to. Yeah. That's right. All they don't have to do at all. So no. I'm super lucky that they and and I'm always grateful and I express gratitude after my sessions um, when I'm like in my human brain because there is so much information. I am just gobsmacked by what comes through, and you really will discover facets of yourself. You're like, wowzers, and they're right. words that I would never even use. Like I'm not that smart with some of the terms they're <laughs> talking about, like like scientific biomedical yeah. concepts yeah like what the hell That's yeah where impressive. did this come from and I, I will literally because I take notes and then I also record the session and if people wish to have the audio I send the audio um but I will always take notes as I'm going along and sometimes I I, I I've never felt the need to learn shorthand and I have queried mm -hmm. if I need to learn shorthand for the amount of information that sometimes is coming through just for the individual you ask a simple question and the depth of answer and response that you get is just like whoa um yeah however when and I consider taking shorthand I thought I don't think there is any shorthand for half the words that come out in a session no they're too <laughs> long I and I like so obviously I'm kind of in this weird state I can't really explain it like I'm there but I'm not there and then another part of me is off playing but I know that like my main council person that's talking to Joe he will often like he's they're very patient aren't they because they speak yeah. and think in such high frequencies they understand the human <laughs> translation restrictions Cont yeah, yeah. and i think some something that often happens is you know when some when they're trying to explain something and they will then take on board our terminology so obviously if there is information that's coming through somebody that's in a session they're speaking the words so the person uh, or the being or the energy that is actually that way needs to use that person's vocabulary to a certain extent and I <laughs> the amount of times they'll be we're trying to find the word or there isn't a word for this so then they'll use an mm. analogy and the analogy would be something so <laughs> funky <laughs> weird <laughs> yes. what is, I'm trying to think there was an example in one of my BQH sessions and I just what didn't you teach them a word like they didn't uh was it gunk gunky? no gunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so they didn't understand that word did they no and they actually asked when I said sometimes when she's at you know one of her questions is a 
fucking gunky feelings and they said can you explain this word and it's like <laughs> well <laughs> so um, sometimes joe's doing a lot of work not <laughs> she she really has has it cut out for her it is fun and and you know, I think there's a lot of fun that can be had in BQH too. Like it's yes. just such an explorative. There's a, a science museum down here in Canberra called Questacon and it kind of reminds me of that. You go there and you get to play with things and touch things. It's all sensory and and it's just this magical, immersive experience. Yeah. You, yeah, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. I won't keep drilling you, but I do have two quick more questions. Oh, no, so, drill away. It's fine. <laughs> drill away. Um, I'm just conscious of time. So what about if someone wanted to learn this or that was in their, their path to sort of become a practitioner, how, how does one go about that? It's not like you so, can go to university, is it? No, no. And um, so I did this, um, I did online learning and this thing comes with um, a lot of questions. It was, it's very intense. It was for me, I found it very intensive, but absolutely phenomenal. And if you do uh, Beyond Quantum Healing um, training, I believe it's Candice. Um, oh, my gosh. She'll actually shoot me because I can't remember her, her surname now. I, she's a friend of mine on Facebook. She's an absolutely We can put it in the woman. details later. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. that actually runs these online programs and brings forth um, practitioners for BQH and... To be honest with you, I thank the world for her and her teachings and for her enabling people to be able to take on this modality um, because I, I do feel that this is bringing so much more awareness to people um, that we wouldn't have without it. So, yeah. Yeah. And so my final question would be to looking at the future, Joe. do you ever think like that the use of BQH in conjunction with psychology or psychiatry practices, do you think there'll be a merge? Do you think that Ooh. it's going to become more mainstream? Is that your hope? Like, what do you um, think about that topic? Well, I mean, and this is a big one for me because obviously I also um, am training in um, in counselling psychotherapy because I love to understand the cognitive functioning of of how people's individual wiring works and how they come come up with things you know um i personally candice craw goldman there we go um i personally <laughs> and this i i will own this as my own because this may well be something that people find quite challenging to hear i personally feel that lots of elements of mental health that that are prevalent at the moment are based around um, people having energetic experiences, people having uh, gifts that are coming through, being in a society that isn't open and welcoming to these experiences or, you know, basically if you don't fit in the box, then you have a problem. And I would love to be able to see people experience beyond their human because I feel that when we can do that, there are so many answers for people that live in quite torturous spaces and they don't have an understanding, they don't have a comprehension of what lies beyond the human. And that can actually in so many ways make you feel crazy. Um, mm. However, I'm going to own that because I know that that might be something that's really challenging for people to hear. And I know I'm not discrediting um, mental health. I'm not discrediting 
that there are neurological problems that people face. But actually, there are also when energies and things aren't in alignment or if you're getting clear audience and clear sentiments and all of these different things that are coming on board. Yeah. And if you live in a world whereby everybody around you doesn't believe in that kind of stuff, you are going to question your sanity. So would that ever happen? I I can't answer that. I mean, I would love to think that we're going to be in a world where people are more understanding of the mere cognitive function of life and look towards more of the energies of life because everything is energy. And I think that there are so many answers within energy. Yeah, the potential. I guess my by asking you that question, I just think, oh, it's frustrating to me. There's just this huge potential sitting there yeah. to help with the more but I think um, people you know, need to diagnostic. be that. And I think if you look back, you know, um, I don't know, 30, 40 years, people were very, very closed. It was very, you know, there is the psychological and there is the, uh, there is the medical and that was it. And now people, you know, people are listening to how moon energies affect them. More people are carrying crystals because they're understanding that crystals can actually hold different properties within their energetic bodies. Reiki has become a very, very, very accepted practice. Now, this is energy work. Mm. 30, 40 yeah. years ago, people would have thought that was voodoo and don't go near it. They might not be understanding how the energetic body's working, but they're seeking it. So I think from that perspective, there are shifts forward, but it has to be something that a person wishes to accept. If you don't wish to accept it, they won't. And that's, that's down to each individual, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Thank you so much for letting me ask you lots and lots and lots of questions about a very big topic and we could probably talk about it till the cows come home, but we're not going to. But I hope this has at least given people just a little bit of a taste, a little bit of a flavour who, you know, sometimes it is hard to ask those questions and like who do you ask about quantum healing? And like I said, I I didn't have, have that information. So I really appreciate you divulging that information. And if you want to book a session with Jo, we'll pop all the details Um, in the links below and she again is from awakening to the light within and she's fantastic I can't recommend her highly enough for multiple practices so thank you so much Joe. thank you you yeah final thought for me is just thank you so much for actually wanting to do this podcast because um I think a lot of the time when I work with people they will discover BQH um, without knowing much about it. And I think that it is such an un... It's not very its not very well understood and it's not massively out there. I think a lot of people know about it and then beyond that, m- most people don't. So thank you so, so much for wanting to kind of um, let your listeners know about BQH. Yeah, I think... I think my listeners are pretty open-minded and I think the more tools we can provide to people to help each other on this path for whatever reason, whether it's ascension or just healing very, you know, like we said, some mental, some traumas and things, I think, you know, it, it has its place. So I hope that we can give people the information and what they do with it is up to them in their own time. Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much and look forward to having you on another episode, no doubt, in the future. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> With Take no care. tech glitches. All right, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye.